to me, well, I was actually quite shocked at how well it went, you know. But I did not <laughs> see it going that well, and I actually still I have to pinch myself sometimes. Yeah. Like, I've actually made this work, and uh, so yeah, um, the most valuable part. I mean, I, it's just utterable programming because you, you you can't be picky with your clients when you first off. You know, you have to take every client you can when you start. You know, whether that's good or a bad thing, it does teach you a lot. But yeah accessible program you can't just stick to like you like we said before your niche or what you like because that isn't going to work for everyone welcome to fitness inside out by wild training i'm james griffiths and today we have a new episode of chat with the coach you can listen to the show on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and other platforms if you like what you hear please hit subscribe and remember we add new content every monday so today I've got Kurt Hicks with me. So Kurt's one of the most exciting personal trainers that I've worked with for a while because he's uh, he's just a, an incredibly versatile yeah, trainer, incredibly fit, he's a great lifter, he's got an amazing sports background and uh, and yeah, he's just kind of turning into one of those uh, really adaptable, charismatic coaches that, that yeah, sums up what uh, what I think members and customers enjoy about wild training. And so uh, so really excited to talk to you, Kurt, about uh, yeah, how it all started, man. So uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about that and how you got into into all the sports that you've enjoyed across the years. Okay, yeah. So I um, played rugby for the longest time when I was a, a youngster, probably from when I started when I was about 11 up until 18. That's probably what primarily got me into what I do now, you know, just for the love of fitness. I was, you know, you sort of teach yourself these things. How can I become a better player? And you just read about it in magazines and stuff like that, get general knowledge of stuff at the time. Um, yeah, from there, when I was about 16, I think, Flicking through channels, discovered UFC. I think it was Tito Ortiz and uh, Chuck Liddell at the time or something. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a real rivalry, wasn't it? Yeah, massively. And then, yeah, so just through looking at stuff on the internet, found the local kickboxing gym. Yeah, it was the only thing I could find in the area at the time. And then speaking to a friend at school now, one of the actual coaches here, Matt Vlada, the Muay Thai coach, he did kickboxing at another gym close to him in Beaconsfield. And, um, Somehow we sort of ended up, you know, training together at a local MMA gym. Just from there, you know, MMA, went to jiu-jitsu, wrestling, Muay Thai, you know, over since, you know, 16 till now, 28. I've always been doing some form of martial arts. Never, you know, not going to say I've mastered them or anything like that, but I have quite a varied background in them. Yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it. Yeah, wicked, man. Well, yeah, so I mean... Uh Obviously, I I know you know from from you know I've I've trained a little bit with Matt as, as well. And I guess that's how that's how you and me kind of got to, to know each other. Mm-hmm. So so I was I was doing some you know martial arts over at Genesis where where Matt was doing his Muay Thai stuff, and I think it was the uh, the Sunday open mat kind of sparring sessions that were real kind of mixed bags. You'd have like the the kind of jujitsu guys there, you'd have the MMA guys, you'd have uh, the Muay Thai guys, and it seemed like there was yeah very kind of different camps and uh and i think yeah matt matt randomly just sent me a a message one day on social media or whatever saying uh whether i wanted to do some parallel training with him basically and so uh and so that's how that kicked off and Mm -hmm. then obviously yeah really charismatic guy we started chatting about uh about muay thai and uh, and probably yeah my my weakest element of my martial arts is is you know my striking stuff versus you know jiu-jitsu and things like that and wrestling so so we started doing some some moist tire stuff, and then uh, and then yeah, you you guys came over and did some some kickboxing stuff with Matt, and obviously then you you and uh, Matt James and George started doing some some kind of group 
uh, kind of personal training with me to do yeah. to do more of the strongman stuff really and it was like kind of yeah lifting like Olympic lifting compound kind of strength and, and definitely you know our, our kind of yeah, slightly less conventional kind of stuff in the tunnel that we've got at the wild training gym yeah. so all the, the yeah, Alice Stones and yeah, good fun stuff there and obviously you guys were just killing it. I, it was one of my favorite kind of sessions of the week because obviously, you know, you guys were all focused on on developing your strength in a big way, and uh, and obviously you got some great results from that training, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was um, one of the probably the times I enjoyed training the most of my life, hundred percent, and it sort of reignited a passion that I had. And then, you know, a few months later, drop you a text that I wasn't <laughs> happy with work and. Uh, Next thing you know, we're in a pub discussing how I can work while training. <laughs> yeah. all, all the best meetings happen yeah. in pubs, right? Yeah. And that's it. So, I mean, like, uh, that's always a message that, yeah, I get excited about. But I guess um, I thought I was going to have to go down, you know, my normal route of talking to, you know, you looking to get into, you know, being a personal trainer with with a you know, slight kind of error of caution in that. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the time being a personal trainer looks like a, an attractive job. But obviously, yeah. it's a very challenging career, uh, and that's not the way the conversation went because you were already a qualified personal trainer, and, yeah. and I didn't know <laughs> that, that. You quiet. know, so yeah, I've been training this guy, and then just literally had no idea that uh, that you'd actually qualified, and mm-hmm. so uh, so that that made the conversation very different because then you're like, well, okay, so you, you've got you know the expensive bit done, you know, you've got the yeah. qualification done, so so now it's whether you know we've got the uh you know the the system the support to help you yeah build yourself a career with it basically and um and and you know we'd been doing the the job in terms of mentoring personal training for you know a while you know we we built wild training as a brand that was really all about supporting personal trainers to yeah develop new skills and knowledge and you know more than that like the 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 not just even the sales and the marketing, but the business strategies and the things that were going to help them attract new clients to their business. So, uh, so yeah, for me, it was like a no-brainer. Let's get started because yeah. you know I know you f- as a client. I know you've got a ridiculous sports background. You've you've lived you know an athletic lifestyle for most of your life, and uh, and that always comes across. You know you can't you can't fake that genuine passion for enjoying movement right yeah definitely so uh so obviously you know we had we had our pub meeting and then we ended up with a bit of a plan for helping you transition from what was your current full-time job and uh and then yeah talk talk about that man talk about kicking off at wild and how that worked for you yeah um it's a very enjoyable process but you know i knew i had to make it work i had a a baby on the way um mortgage to pay so, so i was like i've got to be down there as much as possible and this is the advice you give me you know the best trainers are at the gym the most trying to learn as much as they can so i did that and i think like from when i started in september up until christmas when the baby arrived you know i was i was in there every day every single day either uh, participating in classes or you know taking the classes you had given me to help me learn them yeah, doing something, always trying to be seen in the gym and stuff like that. Yeah, and then constant support. We had team training. We eventually managed to organize that I'd had um, Thursdays off so that I could attend team training, which were extremely valuable. I was able to message you or the team whenever I wanted about anything that I needed. Yeah, and it's just um, a complete different experience from when I first qualified as a trainer where none of that was available. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's often the case. And, you know, I, I did... Um the, the 10 years of wild training podcast the other day and I said my first job 
I don't know if I actually got a personal training client in, in that first, uh, you know, kind of gym that I worked in yeah. because it's so hard, you know, to convince uh, somebody that you can help them with their health and their fitness and there's value in what you're doing when there's other people that have been around for longer than you. They've oh, yeah. got a better reputation than you. You're always yeah. on the back foot. So um, I guess, yeah, without a, a pretty decent yeah, support system and a, a way to help people get started, that's going to be a real challenge for people kind of thing. So uh, so, so you, you qualified around a similar time to me. So I was about yeah. 2007, roughly, roughly. Mm-hmm. And then you, you've gone to work in a gym and, and yeah, essentially off the back of you completing your, your qualification and obviously us being a bit younger back then, we, uh, we hit these jobs and neither of us basically got, got much, much income from, from that job. Yeah, basically. minimal, yeah. So, so, you know, I guess if you, if you had started in that gym now, is there anything you think you could have done differently that, that would have made it work kind of thing? Like, like even from what we've kind of gone through in terms of how we approach the job at Wild Training, you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it just an age thing? Do you think like, should young people become personal trainers? Uh, I don't necessarily think it's an age thing. I think um, it's a bit of a personality thing. You know, I did end up spending all that time. I wasn't a PT on a building site, which definitely uh, puts a few hairs in your chest. You know, mm. you're dealing with older people all the time. You know, eventually I worked my way out to sort of having a team myself. So, you know, you've got to learn to take control of it and actually put yourself out there. And I think it's a, a more of a confidence thing. And then also I didn't have a work ethic when I was 17, you know, mm-hmm. um, if it came to playing rugby or kickboxing, yeah, I'd, I'd work my ass off. Mm. But if, um, I was a bit of a lazy, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I was yeah. quite lazy when it came to actual work. And now I find that complete opposite, you know. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess, you know, if I was being honest, I, I'd say I was, I was similar in that, you know, maybe when you're younger, you're focused on the things that aren't necessarily career focused at that point, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, I was saying at the start that, that I guess personal training is an attractive job, it's an attractive lifestyle. And when you're younger and you don't have, you know, the mortgage, you don't have the kids, that's all you care yeah. about, right? You know, it's, um, you know, I can make some money, you know, keeping myself healthy and fit and doing doing stuff that I enjoy. Like I enjoy, yeah. you know, going to the gym, I enjoy my sports. That's it. And so, uh, so yeah, obviously when, when I guess financial pressure kicks in a bit better, it, uh, it kind of uh, yeah, motivates your work ethic a little bit better. But, yeah. you know, again, you talked about how, you know, you spent a lot of time in the gym. And, you know, I say that, to every trainer that I ever work with is, is that a lot of people want to be busy, you know? So I've, you know, personal training, I've, I've qualified as a personal trainer and I've had the conversation with, you know, guys in the wild training gym when they've, they've started with us and they go, oh, I can't wait until I'm busy. I can't wait until I've got, you know, clients coming in every day and, you know, classes and, because uh, they obviously they see, they see us do that, right? Yeah, they yeah. just see people coming in to train with us and whether it's one-to-one or small group or just lots of classes or whatever. And, and you're like, if you want to be busy, be busy, right? So, so get in the gym and train and, and get studying and put yourself out there on, online, you know, through social medias and things like that. Because, you know, while training started as a blog, uh, it, oh, right. it, it yeah. literally, it was just me writing stuff down and uh, me challenging what I knew, what I studied yeah. against what I was kind of experiencing and, and me trying to be maybe a bit more creative with some programming. And there was a loads of rubbish you know that i did that just didn't make any sense you know that <laughs> yeah was me trying to work it out yeah. right but but i guess what it, really that blog was was a it was like a learning process for me because mm-hmm. i didn't have anybody 
with me then so yeah. it was like how am I going to learn this stuff it's like, I'm going to write about it I'm going to share it with everybody and I'm going to put it out on a blog so that people can kind of see what I'm up to yeah and see me learning and see see me trying new things and stuff and I guess what that did was was everybody knew me as the guy that was doing some cool stuff with, with my fitness and and it sounded maybe you know more than was true that I knew what I was talking about because I was, <laughs> I was writing yeah, it down yeah, like, yeah. it's like that crazy rule if it's written on the internet it must be true yeah. right uh, but it massively helped me with that blog or having that blog in, in terms of learning and securing a lot of that that kind of knowledge and, and, and kind of those ideas and then uh, and then yeah I guess I guess after that I had a bit more of a reputation I was, I was a little bit more confident in talking to people about it mm -hmm. and selling the value in what I was doing and uh, you know I think all those ideas about you know training in the gym visually being active uh, you know in the classes participating like you say you're doing you know, practicing what you'd learned from like the online wild Evo systems yeah. to to actually put that into practice with your own training, talk about the results you were seeing. And then everybody's going, well, I want to do that. That looks fun. It's effective, yeah. obviously. Uh, and it's something I haven't seen before. And I, I guess if we're, we're able to deliver training that people can't do on their own, there's value in it. You know, I can't do Muay Thai pad work on my own. I need you. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. So if I start seeing you doing these like more interactive training sessions, then that's gonna be, that's gonna look, you know, like a lot of fun and something that, uh, that I wanna do with you. So, so yeah, I think pretty quickly, you know, you became yeah, very busy in the gym. You know, you're doing classes, you're doing PTs. And I think quite early on, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're listening to all this advice, you know, from the, the, the Evo system in terms of, you know, marketing yourself and, and, and the sales element but the training element and the, the best order to do those things in because yeah. uh, I think sometimes you know trainers miss that balance of am I training myself am I studying am I marketing myself and, and there's definitely a balance of those three things and an order that we, we obviously we've talked about a lot yeah. and it works really well for you and so uh, and so obviously you know you, you got into the gym and I think quite quickly you and I identified there was there was a certain type of person you were you were training a lot of mm -hmm. and it was it was more guys I mean there was definitely guys and girls that you're training but more 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 than we we kind of normally see guys that were you know maybe not very confident with their fitness that wanted to train with you yeah. um, and that's something that you kind of really kind of connected with I guess right yeah, a lot of guys around my age actually particularly as well maybe a few years younger a couple of years older but yeah whatever it was uh, I don't know it sort of just clicked and maybe it's just a personality thing but yeah and then I sort of found that not niche so to say but you know that found that I could you know help motivate these guys and find something else they enjoyed throughout their journey as well you know a lot of them just come to lose weight but then three weeks in or four weeks in when they're a bit more capable you chuck some strongman stuff at them and all they want to do is hammer some heavy weights all the time <laughs> so, yeah yeah and I think that's that's you know I guess the cool thing about having the diversity to the activities we have here, like say from strongman to calisthenics to aerial silks to the combat stuff and, and all the functional stuff, we're gonna find something that's gonna excite people. They, they yeah. might not get excited about all of it, but I think you and I both know that once we find that thing that excites them, like, you know, for you, when you were younger, it was, it was the martial arts stuff. You yeah. saw that UFC program and you were like, yep, that's, I'm gonna learn about that. And that became a real journey for you going from kickboxing to, to MMA, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and then, and then you know, later like Muay Thai. Yeah. And that, that experience at the time had nothing to do 
with you building yourself up to be a personal trainer, no, right? No. But that is a ridiculous amount of life experience and, and sport experience and training experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get to pass on to your clients that personal trainers don't have. And so, you know, uh, talking about kind of recruiting personal trainers, obviously we're in lockdown at the minute and thousands of personal trainers, literally thousands are losing their place of work because gyms are closing, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and me and Andy were talking about, you know, We've mentioned Wild Evo, so so essentially for, for people that don't know, Wild Evo is our trainer development program. So so Wild Training started as a franchise. That franchise was about bridging the gap between what personal trainers learn on their qualifications and what they practically need to be successful in the industry. Yeah. So you know training skills and knowledge behind the job and and some business strategy about how to structure their business and services and market them. And so that's obviously evolved lots and lots and lots over the years and obviously with mm-hmm. the different trainers that we've worked with. That's what you know you you kind of got into. So when you started yeah. working at Wild Training, straight away, we give you access to all of that content. Everything, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we want we want all the trainers to have everything. And and you know, you mentioned uh, a niche there, right? And so so this is a conversation that we 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 have all the time. In that I think sometimes when when trainers have a niche, they worry that they're a one trick pony, you know, and that plays yeah. on their head and, and all that kind of stuff. And then and then when a trainer doesn't have a niche or like a, a speciality, they worry they don't have an identity. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like yeah. you got you got these two like opposite ends of the spectrum, which is it all comes down to, I guess, I guess, you know, almost the taboo subject that like a lot of personal trainers are really insecure. That's and so it's, nice, yeah, massively. You know what yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. Um, Myself included. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. I, yeah. I think everybody just uh assumes we're super confident you know whatever we're trying to lead aspirational lifestyles but uh it's a very competitive industry it's a very uh superficial industry in terms of you know the aesthetics what a trainer is supposed to look like and and definitely it's it's you know it's definitely diversified and and i think the the public have have definitely accepted lots of different types of trainers now yeah because there's there's different types of training and personalities Mm -hmm. that want to enjoy that kind of thing but uh but yeah obviously you know i I think sometimes from my point of view and i'll talk to andy about this he's obviously our head trainer helps me with the the development of uh, you know the the trainers here at the gym is that uh a niche often is is something that trainers sit behind and 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 sometimes it limits how many people they can really market themselves to. And yeah. I said at the start, for me, you're one of the most exciting trainers I've worked with for a long time because you can do everything, man. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you've got you've got the sports background. You know, you're you're playing on the the Wild Sevens rugby team. Like the first tournament we rocked up to, we got through to the final, didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was ridiculous, yeah. right? Yeah, it was. And that it was, was a fun. decent level, you know, Middlesex Sevens tournament. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. So, so you do the sports, you do the martial arts. You know, you can lift. I mean, which you, you deadlifts what two thirty now? Yeah, two twenty ish. Yeah, yeah. I swear, I see. Two thirty a good day. I've maybe. seen two thirty. <laughs> claim that, claim that. But that's a ridiculous lift for yeah. a guy that's not like a competitive power lifter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just us rocking some weights in the gym. You know, the strong man. You, you, you're a strong guy, and then you've got the movement stuff down as well. Your mobility is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think that's something that would 
often surprise people, especially about guys that are good at lifting. You don't necessarily associate. Yeah, it's a very rare thing. Can that guy <laughs> help me yeah. with my flexibility? It was like, hell yeah, he can. Mm-hmm. And, you, and then you go, well, man, you're a triple threat, you know, so you can move, you can lift, and you, you can, you've got the skill, you know, behind you in terms of uh, these more engaging styles of sports and stuff. Yeah. And that's cool, you know, and I guess from my point of view, I'm, I'm going, well, you can help everybody, man. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. an amazing skill to be able to have, and you know we were saying how you know you you, you kind of found this um, this kind of style of client that was like wasn't you know like a, a, a meathead, it wasn't a lifter, wasn't a really fit person, but the people were they felt very comfortable around you to I guess push their fitness, yeah. and for some people, well for most people, the hardest thing about fitness is not training, it's getting started, you know, and and we've got this program coming soon called our, our first step program because for so many people the first step is impossible like yeah, i can't yeah. i can't go in a gym i can't talk to a trainer i can't you know what i mean it's it's and that's night that's a nightmare because it means yeah. they're not going to be able to change or improve their health and fitness yeah. and and that's one of those things i'd love to be able to bottle what you've got because your ability to make people feel comfortable about training with you and obviously the value you've got in training is ridiculous, but the simple fact that you are able to connect with people very quickly and, and from a, a very sincere way in terms of you know empathy around where they're coming from, that's the most valuable mm-hmm. thing I almost kind of see in you. That's something I, I kind of uh, aspire towards myself, you know? And I think that's, that's one of the problems I have is, is you know, people put you, you know, uh, on, a, on a pedestal because they see you do, you know, whatever, some, some, some things that they think are impressive. Yeah. But then they think that you can't dial it down. And it's just like, well, no, no. The, the only <laughs> yeah. way you and me got to lift those yeah. things was starting at the bottom. Yeah. Right? Everyone does. So, I mean, like, if you had to, could you, could you kind of talk about how do you approach a client? Because I think this is something that I guess the younger version of Kurt would have really, really liked really to have needed. heard. Yeah. So yeah. there might be some personal trainers out there that are like, man, I don't know how to convince this person that would get so much from training with me to get past that first step. How do I build that, that trust with them? You know, how do you go about it, man? I think it's honestly been one like thing I've always been confident on has been being quite self-reflective and, you know, seeing um, faults of myself and then actually be, I don't know, like trying to work towards that. And I just think I've actually viewed myself in lots of different ways throughout the years, maybe way too much at times have probably got me a bit down or whatever but um just left me a lot of um empathy for people you know um yeah just seeing being able to put myself in people's shoes and then maybe think you know well if that was me then I'd want to be approached this way and I, th- yeah, I think that's one of the the skills I do take you know I don't like to you know it's not blowing my own trumpet or whatever but yeah just being quite self-reflective and you know maybe thinking that oh, it could be me or I could I was in that position at one point and you know dealing with it that way mm. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And I think that, you know, I was saying it as I've kind of been uh, empathetic to to a person's point of view, but from their end, because yeah. you've got you've you know you feel like you've um, you've got that experience to be able to do, it and you you can you can put them yourself in their place. I think that's yeah. that's a really valuable thing to be able to do, and um, yeah, definitely, I think that 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 side of the job is is something that's very hard to educate people. And, mm-hmm. and so you know, we mentioned about how. You know, you and I did the same personal training courses, yeah. right? And so really reputable kind of company uh, called Premier Global. Uh, and they, they did a diploma in personal training at the time. Definitely, you know, one of the best courses on yeah. the market yeah. kind of thing. But I mean, 
what, 13 years down the line, the, the landscape of education and the fitness industry has changed massively, right? And so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably out of date with the stats, but last time I saw something like 11,000 people qualify as a personal trainer every year. Yeah, and the industry loses about 8,000 personal trainers every year. So we've got a net <laughs> growth of 3,000 trainers yeah. in the industry each year. But, um, but to think that 8,000 people essentially fail in terms of creating a career for themselves. Yeah. I always kind of sit back and I go, I, I do think there's a big gap between what I, I've learned when I've finished my certification and what I really need to get that first client in my first gym. Massive, yeah. You, you know, and, and, and to survive that first year because I've just spent thousands on a personal training course. Mm-hmm. I got to earn that back. I got to pay my rent. And then, yeah, if it gets yeah. more serious like you've got with your baby, then, yeah. then it's, it's, it's serious, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, the Wild Evo, uh, you know, license, which is, which is, you know, our way of bridging that gap, you know, and, and we're very confident with it because it's worked time and time again. Yeah. And it really is just looking at those practical skills that we need to give trainers and the direction in terms of how to use them. And, and I guess the, the, the timeline, the, 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 the best practice in terms of how to get the, the immediate, you know, kind of yes. money in yeah, and, yeah. and how to build on that with, you know, good retention and building a brand for themselves. And so what, what do you think, you know, in terms of ongoing education is, is most key for personal trainers starting out? So I've qualified and it's like, you know, you've got 12 months to 18 months to make it right yeah so so from your point of view you know you, you've you've been with us for i guess pretty much 18 months what what's the most important thing when when it comes to yeah getting that first first bit right basically that first year do you think uh to me well i was actually quite shocked at how well it went you know but i did not <laughs> see it going that well and i actually still i have to pinch myself sometimes yeah. like, i've actually made this work and uh, so yeah um the most valuable part i mean i it's just, I think it's probably accessible programming because mm. you, you can't be picky with your clients when you first off. You know, you have to take li- every client you can when you start. You know, whether that's good or a bad thing, it does teach you a lot. But yeah, accessible program. You can't just stick to like you like we said before your niche or what you like because that isn't going to work for everyone. You mm. know, Sarah who's sixty two isn't going to want to be beast in a deadlift like that you enjoy so yeah accessible programming which is definitely part of the evo course and then explaining how it works and stuff like that you know you, anyone can follow a youtube video but having the knowledge to back it up and then someone to correct you with that feedback that actually knows what they're talking about and it's useful and you know yeah that sort of stuff i'd say yeah well i yeah. mean that that links in really well with um what Sean was talking to me about right so Sean Sean Mullins came on to the the industry insight podcast he was talking mm-hmm. about sales and you know one of the takeaways we had was was that you know you got to talk about what you do how it's better than yeah. than you know what else is out there and then you got to be able to back it up and i guess yeah. without that confidence in your knowledge you're going to struggle to back it up and, yeah. and and if you do get a client you might not hold on to them for that long because yeah you're not able to really i almost justify the journey right yeah. but i think that's that's a really nice takeaway as well is obviously uh, avoiding the niche, you know, having accessible programming that's relevant to lots of different types of people. Yeah. So you're not limited on who you're able to support. And it's not rocket science, right? But it's no. just, uh, where's it all written down in one place, I think is the challenge. And, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I guess when, when we qualified, CPD type courses were a big deal, right? So continued professional development. Yeah. 
and you, you know through through the register for exercise professionals you'd get points for doing some of them and it was like you know some of those courses were great and some of them were rubbish right yeah, yeah and as a trainer you didn't always know right and so and so i guess having having a, a, a hopefully credible team to you know i guess like I say back up the education we're giving you so i guess when you joined while training you trusted me massively because yeah. you you trained with me yeah we've not we've not popped out of nowhere you know we're not, we're not, we're <laughs> yeah. not one of these facebook adverts that says i'm going to give you a seven figure salary or whatever uh, yeah you know with an online personal training two business. seven figures you know what i mean <laughs> no, yeah uh you know we've been around we've been doing this for over 10 years yeah. and so uh and so the method works and that's that's i think why we're so excited about wild eva and obviously now having you on the team you know, we've, we've got you, me, Andy, Melissa, we're able to support hopefully other personal trainers with the Wild Evo licenses to to create successful yeah. personal training careers that they can uh, they can scale effectively and I guess be a part of the team because, you know, you talked you talked about, you know, your own challenges with, uh, you know, insecurity and stuff like that and that being a big part of the job. But obviously, you know, I've always said that no no one person is ever going to be as good as a team. No, and I guess no way. To be able to have a team like, like us, you know, where... I've learned so much from you, you know, I've learned from Andy, I've, I learned from everything. We get to put that all into one place for all of us to learn yeah, from. Yeah, very beneficial. That's going to be um, yeah, an exciting thing to move forward with yeah. and, and probably a hard thing for other people to catch up with, you know, so that's, mm-hmm. that's the plan now, right? It's just we keep innovating, we keep having fun and keep it relevant for, uh, for lots of different types of that's people, it. I think. But yeah, some nice takeaways, man. So, so the, uh, the other thing we've got to talk about, though, is is our bucket list so this is yeah. something i'm going to start throwing at all the trainers right yeah. so for you for you i've got five exercises now if you were only allowed five exercises five moves for the rest of your life so you have five moves to keep yourself fit healthy looking good whatever what would your five top moves be all right okay um on the spot to balance them out as well <laughs> gonna go with sandbag carry yeah, so uh, yeah, a sandbag carry. Maybe you could swap it out for farmers' walks. Anything there, so you know, a weighted carry event. I like yeah, those. Yeah, moving stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I know that uh, you and some of the guys have uh, been very much enjoying the the Cerberus sandbags uh, during them. lockdown to keep yeah. yourselves <laughs> yeah. strength up, right? Yeah, nearly every day I'm using that. So yeah, that one um, around the world, and then used to love it with a Bulgarian bag. I got one. Oh, I still love it with a Bulgarian bag. I got like a, a waterfield one. And it's not so much about the water. It's just about you can adjust the weight, which is a great one. But I've been doing a lot with the um, Palavando XL, mm-hmm. loading mm-hmm. that up. Yeah, really love that. Doing single hand ones yeah. around the world. I think and around the world is just uh, in terms of like trunk power you know strength around yeah. your spine and different planes of movement and linking that strength to to your hips to to your waist and to your shoulders can't beat it man for sure exactly. so I'm, I'm, I'm down with that one uh single arm push-up mm-hmm. and again that's something else that's come from lockdown it's yeah. like my body has not felt like this after doing an exercise in a long time and i'm feeling it in my lats yeah. and like my glutes and everything like after the day after after hitting some volume on a single arm push-up so yeah definitely that well i think that's it i mean obviously we've, we try to be creative with with you know the the wild live online classes and obviously wanted to make them a lot of them body weight yeah. so they were accessible to everybody you know didn't have equipment at home and and yeah i think we're all starting to see like our bodies are getting more toned and yeah. and you know because we're creating these more athletic movements with 
uh, you know, just body weight. But I, I think single arm press ups definitely underrated. And, and obviously, there are ways of regressing that as well. You know, so it's a single arm hold. It's on your knees. It's, yeah. There's there's ways of building that up. It looks like that impossible, you know, Rocky Balboa move, but it's yeah. not. And we've <laughs> we've got people that couldn't do them. They're now rocking like multiple sets yeah. of them, and you're like, that's cool. Right? It is, yeah, definitely. Um, Bulgarian split squat, definitely. Um, that that's featured in my program for years mm -hmm. i mean i've always done those sort of exercises yeah well you know yeah. I, that's yeah my, my greatest love for my leg training so yeah bulgarian split squat I, i'm always going to say that i don't think you can beat it as a compound lift and i know yeah. there's going to be a million power lifters that hate me for saying that but it's useful strength in, in single leg uh yeah stability and power i think uh, it's a very hard move to mm -hmm. beat and number five number five do you know what i'm, I'm lost now what have i done i've done uh that's the body push. I don't know. So we've got the carry, you got the around the world, you got yeah. the single arm press up, the Bulgarian split squat. Four oh, man. What about movement one, mobility one? Anything uh mobility one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm really bad at training mobility myself. <laughs> um, do you know actually like if you've got access to it, doing um some round ass kicks with the slastics okay. attached to you, I think you know a crazy way of generating some power in your kicks. Yeah, and, no, totally. You know. I know that um, you know, me and you and, and then Matt Vladar and Phil Else, so you know, all the all the, the kind of best martial artists that I know, we we played around with the wild fight training system and that's yeah. gonna feature on Wild Online Workouts soon. So people that subscribe to Wild Online Workouts, they'll literally have access to the best fight condition that wow, we have. Yeah. And uh, and obviously, you know, I've been using Stroops since two thousand and twelve. So they were the original sleeved elastics, and yeah. we always use them because it means that yeah, they're very safe. They're never going to snap on you, and uh, just really high quality kind of uh, elasticated yeah, resistance that you big, can yeah. attach to any part of your body. And when we started to play around with using them for creating kind of uh, you know striking complexes, whether it was a punch or a kick, to add a little bit of resistance to exactly the right movement pattern total game changer yeah. and I think everybody we've shown that to that's got a good amount of fight experience has been a bit like this is a cheat code this is like ridiculous so that was the thing you always avoided adding weight to your punches or kicks because mm -hmm. it just completely changed your technique but yeah. when you add yeah. just the right amount it's, it's, it's good yeah total yeah. game changer all right guys so thanks for listening to this episode of chat with the coach this is fitness inside out by wild training and i'm james griffiths if you like the show you can listen on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and more subscribe to hear a new episode every monday next time on the show i'm going to be speaking to melissa kassar so melissa started as a wild training member and very quickly created a, a real passion for aerial silks she's now our aerial silks instructor and she also helps me with all of the marketing and managing the wild training brand so that should be a really exciting podcast to listen to. If you have any feedback, a question or a topic you'd like to request for us to cover, drop us a voice message as we always listen to all of them. Your question may even feature on next week's podcast.